0: Welcome to Haunted Homies, a live podcast brought to you by myself, Elton Castell, and Corey Shearer. Each episode, we hear terrifying and unique paranormal encounters from our audience members, while of course, keeping it filled with as much comedy and fun as we can possibly have. Our goal is to build this community and make sharing our paranormal experiences normal. To watch these episodes, check out youtube.com overnight for the full experience, as well as our weekly paranormal investigation videos. And before you forget, make sure to hit the follow subscribe button you automatically get every new week's episode.
1: Every time I move Annabelle, I lose a
0: car. I don't want to like, move her no more. You'd let him <laughs> you'd let him <laughs> move Annabelle. We told some people about this. Oh. But no one else knows about this. I
2: felt like I'd be dragged through the house. Like, like it was really sexual. Somebody was grabbing me by my feet and I could feel the bumps. And like, there were times I felt like I was being pulled down through the ground. Grabbing my hair and smashing it up against the stairs. Remember these certain little blackouts, a flash of it happening.
0: Uh, Well, thank you all for coming out tonight. This is actually really cool. Uh, I hope everyone's got a little sweater on because it's going to get windy. But we're we're 11 days in to our tour right now. We started 11 days ago on the Pacific Ocean in San Diego. And here we are just outside the Atlantic in Boston on the USS Salem, which is really cool. So thank you all so much for coming out. We really appreciate yeah. you being here. Thank you, guys. But tonight we're also going to bring up a guest a little bit later who's really, really cool to talk to. So this is actually going to be a really informative, cool, unique show. I'm really excited about it. But we have to talk about something that happened last night. We were debating talking whether we should talk about this or not. Marty's right there. He's already smiling. Marty. Okay. This, guys, this is hilarious. This
3: is like one of the funniest things I've heard in a while.
0: So last night, after every live show, we do an investigation at the location we're at. Last night, we were at Mid-Orange Correctional. And I have a group of about, I think, six people with me, one of which is like a six foot two, 280 pound, just built cop. Yeah. This dude is just so muscular, and all these other people. And we're listening back to an EVP session. Everyone's just super intensely listening back. And then, out of nowhere, clear as day, everyone hears like a whoa. Like, not from any of us. We're all just staring, listening at it. And everyone is terrified like they they squeal they're all backing up the cop is behind a little girl like everyone <laughs> is just like layered trying to figure out what's going on i look at marty marty looks at me we're like did you hear that he, like it non-verbally he's like i heard that you heard that i'm like what the what the hell is going on and that's it we keep investigating we found a later we're in a prison and the cop we didn't know told us we were a cop we're like okay maybe this makes sense Like, someone said, whoa, because I realized he was a cop. Yeah. And at 6.15 in the morning, (laughs) when we're packing up gear, Marty is tearing up, crying, laughing. And he comes up to me, and he's like, I have to make a confession. And I'm like, what? He was like, the whoa, I farted. (laughs) He literally was like, I farted. And somehow, it sounded like, whoa. (laughs) And, And I... I literally teared up laughing because <laughs> look at I Marty, look at Marty. <laughs> so that means Marty has footage from his angle filming six people terrified of his fart. <laughs> These people you have a grown man. Which, and here's the worst part, we have to tell them. Cuz I didn't know until I, they all left at like 5:15 in the morning and at 6 I found out so I have to write an email and be like, "Hey guys, so, that amazing paranormal evidence you caught, Taco Bell. It wasn't, like, it wasn't anything crazy. Oh, my God. No, so I'm,
3: I'm in the RV, and I just hear them dying laughing outside. And I'm like, what are they laughing at? So I walk out there, and they're literally crying. They're crying. I'm like, tell me, tell me, tell me. And Marty's like, I farted. <laughs> <laughs> He's from Estonia so that's actually how he sounds. it. Yeah, it was a it was a good story. Oh <laughs> my Hilarious.
0: god. Okay, so we have two things we either want to do just to kind of start up the show. We like to start a little fun before we get into seriousness. Either. Does anyone have a story like that where like everyone was terrified and it turns out what you have one? Okay. I have a friend that's super terrified of anything paranormal. Okay, she has a friend that's super terrified of anything paranormal. She has a fan that has a remote control, but her friend does not know of the remote control. So we were one night. They were fooling around one night. Wow. Friends, you say? Yeah, friends. Friend. Yeah. We kept, like, turning it on and off. You were turning her on and off? <laughs> no, the fan. Oh, the fan. The fan. Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay, carry on. the fan. You were scaring her turning it on and off, yep. All night the after we you were doing it all night? Wait. <laughs> we asked for a paranormal story. Yeah. <laughs> okay, alright, you were doing it all night, and then in the morning you made her eggs and kicked her out. Got it. Okay. Okay, you were doing it all night, and then in the morning. I told her in the morning what was happening. She, like, didn't talk to us for a Oh, so in the morning you... T- oh, so you did it intentionally. See, he his was a complete accident, but you actually did it. Okay. Alright, does anyone else ever mess with a friend and make him think it was a ghost? Does anyone else... Oh, yes. Okay, not a friend, but her dad. Your dad's afraid of puppets? Please introduce me to your father. (laughs) Invite me over to dinner, I will just show up like, hello! A full marionette suit? Yeah. What are you tricking me into? Okay, so her dad fell asleep on the couch one time and where the stairs were, if you're up on top of the stairs, you couldn't see them. Yeah, you had a black and white woody. Ooh, that sounds painful. Carry on.
3: (laughs) So we had a marionette version of
0: him and we hung him the stairs and we were holding- Oh my god. Oh. I've never heard a grown man scream. Oh my god. Wow. Wait, you've never watched our videos then? <laughs> we're grown men and we scream all the time. Worse than we- Okay. Wow. Please invite me over. We will have so much fun. We'll get a drone. We'll just fly it around in the middle of the room. We'll put a GoPro on it so it can see his reaction from above. You should, you should just invite him one day to like a restaurant, but just like completely have all the waiters dress up like dolls, lock the doors, and kill the lights, and just see what happens. Tonight, we do have a very special guest we're going to bring on stage, someone that I think we're honestly really excited to have. Uh, if you watched our Warren series, then you are very well aware of who he is. Uh, he is Dan Rivera. He does work for Nesper, the New England Society of Psychic Research and he basically learned firsthand from Ed and Lorraine Warren. He carries on their legacy. He is the one who moved Annabelle from the, uh, from the current case back to Ed's original case in that series. So, Dan, would you please come on up, sir? Give it up, y'all. Give it up. Oh my god. Well,
3: what? Everyone cheer! Everyone wow. cheer! Wow! Let's wow.
0: get over, bud. You had us cue up that music and all you gave us was two little hand-flip waves? You're old now? <laughs> I thought it was All he gave good. us was this. <laughs> that's all we got? <laughs> I liked it. I don't know. Okay. So, thank you, first off, for being here. So, I think it's fair to say, and I think you, you said this, you learned from Ed and Lorraine Warren.
1: Um, basically, Lorraine. Okay. Um, Ed had passed away in 2006, and uh, that's when I came in. Um, actually, I was at one of the lectures, standing outside, and uh, Lorraine was coming in. And uh, they asked me to, you know, can you help us bring some books in? So I said, sure. You know, I'm a paranormal investigator. I was doing my own thing at the time. And uh, I've been with them ever since. For some reason, Lorraine, me and Lorraine gravitated to each other. And we became really good friends. Um, I was with her to the day, you know, before she had passed away. And uh, Lorraine always said to me that, um, that I had a gift, that she saw my aura, through my eyes. It was a white light that she saw coming from my eyes. And I re- never really understood, you know, what she was talking about. But I did know, I knew I had a gift. I was born with it. My family, you know, I had aunts that dabbled in uh, Santeria and they used to test me all the time. Like I remember being pulled out of bed, thrown into a wall. That was my aunt. Her altar was underneath um, my bedroom. So I never went towards that side of Santeria or trying to practice it um I was always against it and uh as I was getting older she continued trying to test me and my you know my abilities um and that's when I started my own paranormal group and I trying to understand what was happening to me and I started at an early age and I ran into cases that Ed and Lorraine used to work on it was the same house but a different family And I was wondering, why was I falling on to all these cases that they worked on? And uh, until the day I met her, it all kind of made sense. The day before she had passed away, she was laying in bed. And uh, Lorraine had these blue eyes. They were so, like, clear, like sky blue eyes. And um, she was just staring at the ceiling. But I could look into her eyes and I could, you know, see into her soul. And then I saw that light that she was talking about, that white light that comes through your eyes. And I saw it in her eyes. And then I, I understood what she was talking about. Before you know, she had passed away, she made me promise that I continue this work and keep working with Tony, doing the investigations, helping people. And that's what we like to do. We like to help people. So we never go out there and bragging about our investigations. A lot of cases that we take on has, you know, deals with the demonic, we get the church involved. If we have to have an exorcism performed, it goes through the church. And once it goes through the church, you know, we walk away from it and let the priest, you know, do what they have to do.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I think without any doubt, I think everyone can tell when you hear him speak, the sincerity yeah, in his voice and like how much, first time I ever met you, I, I you mean like I knew where we were going and I understood the rules and you told me, but then when I looked at you and we talked, I was like, oh, this is at like just a whole nother level of, of sincerity and seriousness about where we were. And I remember after you moved Annabelle, I saw you trembling and I saw you just shaking and like how all of the emotions that that gave you. And like, not only like how critical you handled that situation, but how much it meant to you. And like, I could tell there was a whole backlog of emotions yeah, that went into that.
1: It's just the respect. Um, you have to respect these haunted items that we have in the museum just because of the attachments, especially with Annabelle. I have to take like really great precautions, go to the church, have a blessing done, then drench my hands on holy water. You know, before that we say the Lord's Prayer, we say a binding ritual. Um, it does affect me. You know, I'm not gonna lie about it. Um, I've moved there plenty of times and uh, my wife was looking at me because uh, every time I move Annabelle, I lose a car. You lose a car? I lose mm-hmm. a car, a vehicle. Uh, first, How many first time I moved have you gone through? First time I moved her, I got into a three-car accident. I was sitting at a red light and it was a four-way intersection. Vehicles from all directions came right into me and blew my car back like 30 feet, totaled wow. the car. Second time I moved Annabelle, I started having problems with my truck. You know the engine blew on it i said all right third one all right that happened then my wife looked at me she's like dan haven't you noticed every time you move annabelle you lose a vehicle and i say yeah no, you're right maybe i should stop moving her it's my job and i you know i'm keeping the legacy alive of ed and lorraine and bringing this item to the public because the museum's closed closed to the public so i take that risk for you guys could view it and for we could educate you on evil And that evil does exist. I take that as an honor that Lorraine had passed that on to me to help her continue that legacy. So, and that's why I'm bringing it to the public.
0: What do you feel is the most important thing you learned from Lorraine?
1: Uh, the most important thing I learned from Lorraine? Um, when I first started investigating, it was all about capturing the evidence. But what I learned from Lorraine was compassion. It was love for the people that she was helping. And she never gave up on them. And I do the same thing. I mean, I have people calling me up in the middle of the night. I have people calling me up from England, overseas, looking for help. And I pick up the phone. It doesn't matter what time of the day, um, I'm there for them. When you hear about these cases like exorcism cases, it's not solved right away. It goes on for years. It could be three or four exorcisms before a person is freed. And um, it's up to them if they want to be free of it. So sometimes you have to walk away from it if they're not doing their part because then that affects you. It tries to destroy you. The demonic doesn't like us helping other people. And uh, there was times that I would have to stop doing this and just take a break, walk away from it. Every time I wanna walk away from it, I get three calls that somebody needs help. And I wanna get out of it for a while, take a break, but it keeps dragging me in. And uh, you can ask my partner Chris over there, I mean, Many times I just wanted to quit because that's how bad sometimes it affects you.
0: Right. We've only investigated cases that are people that have already passed away. We've never investigated active hauntings or like families that are like, we need help. We kind of go into places and we use devices and we try and communicate with whatever may be there. What is the difference? Like when you go to investigate someone who needs help, like do you need to take extra precautions when doing it? Like where? Because that is a whole... We've kind of been approached about doing that, like going to someone's house and I feel we are nowhere near ready to one, bear that responsibility and actually rightfully know how to make sure that anything we do during the investigative process doesn't just make things worse. You
1: got to know your surroundings. That's one thing. Um, You got to know the person that you're dealing with. You have to uh, question them. I mean, go back into their past, uh, find out where their, um, you know, problems occurred. might be things that they've forgotten that happened to them when they were a child could have been abuse it could have been drugs you know Um, we have a police officer uh chris is a police officer so he's kind of like our backup if uh, something gets out of hand Uh, because you never know what kind of situation you're getting into when you think you know what's going on what they tell you over the phone then when you go there you find out there's more to the story There's times when I walked out of a location, you know, from a client and said, uh, when you're ready to talk to me, then I'll come back because they weren't telling me the truth. And I was like, you know, I'm not going to stay here and waste my time. Next day, I will get a call from that person and they're ready to open up and tell me everything. But I'm not going to help somebody if they're lying to me or holding something back for me because then now they're putting me in danger.
3: Did anything weird happen after you moved Annabelle for us?
1: Oh, that that night my legs started shaking. Um, and when I went outside out of the museum, I, t- I had to leave the museum. Um, I don't know if it was because we brought you guys in there and they knew what was going to happen after we moved her. I just felt my like my legs went weak, and that was actually the first time that that happened to me with her after
0: I moved her. So no no cars crashed, no no engines boiling over. Um, no,
1: I did have some problems with my truck. Uh, <laughs> But just but, a couple, right? You didn't uh, replace it, anything. It cost me three thousand dollars to get it fixed, but uh, wow! Um, All right, you know, <laughs> I, lo- I lost a
0: lot of money because of that Dow. Do you file claims for, like, for, like, for the accidents and the collisions? Are you like writing down like cause of accident? I wasn't.
1: I wasn't paying attention to it until my wife, like, you know, two months ago, said, uh, "Dan,
0: haven't you noticed every time you move the dowel, you lose a car, or you, you know, you have problems." Does that happen like, with any of the other items? Because I know you've had to move to so like the Satanic Idol and no, the Shadow I, Doll. It's I, just no, no, it
1: just seems like it's coming from her. Uh, I know the Shadow Doll. There's a lot of stuff that comes from the Shadow Doll. I do my best like to protect you guys and and do the binding rituals, and we don't want anybody touching these items because we wouldn't want the items to affect you. And I warned them about it. I mean, I had Arnie Johnson, the one that they made the movie The Conjuring Three about, come to the house and talk to these guys about challenging the demonic. What could happen? What better person to hear it from, from Arnie Johnson? And you guys didn't even know that Arnie was coming to the house. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that was kind of like a eye-opening experience, you know, to to meet
0: him. In your opinion, if Annabelle were to be released from the containment area and just set in a room where anyone could look at her as if it's a Mona Lisa without glass in front, what do you think those ramifications could be? Like, what do you think the, con- like, would it spread through everyone? Like, where, where do you feel the maximum extent of that power could It'll land? be like
1: chucking. Uh, the dial will start running around everywhere. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, um, I was about to be like, Dude, uh, yeah.
0: yo! <laughs> um, I was like, I love you, Dan, but I need a hammer and we got to... <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, um, the dial was never, it wasn't always in the case. When Ed and Lorraine first, you know, retained that doll into the museum, it was on a chair in the corner. People would come into the museum. Ed would bring guests over to the to the museum. There was a priest that came to the museum. He picked up the doll, and you know, said to Ed, you know, there's no doll that's you know that's more powerful, you know, than uh, and you know. It was mocking Annabelle like she wasn't powerful, and she he, he threw her across the room. Hmm. And Ed told the, the priest like, you know, you shouldn't have done that, Father. Here's the here's the catch. The priest just bought a, a car, and uh, he was showing the car off to Ed. So when that night when the priest left to go
0: back to Hartford, he got into a car accident. And then there was the motorcycle accident. Then you, know? you
1: had the guy knocking on glass, you know tempting Annabelle, if uh, you're strong, put scratches on me. I'd tell him, son, you got to leave the museum. The guy left the museum with his girlfriend on the back of the motorcycle going down Route 25 in Monroe, Connecticut. He crashed. Want to hear something weird about that crash? I was eight years old. I went to work with my father. He was delivering pastries to uh, restaurants. I saw that motorcycle going down Route 25 witnessed it the man flying into the wood line girl his girlfriend on the side of the road holding her head bleeding and uh for some reason that really that was my connection to annabelle at the age of eight years old so maybe that's you know it's all connected one way or the other you know that's how i'm connected with the warrens
0: have you ever gone to a location to help out and actually felt as though this was beyond your abilities or like this was just something too far for you or for anyone on your team like have you ever gone into a situation and be like i actually don't think we can help you i never really back down there's like uh something
1: takes over me if i know there's something evil there and if it involves a child or somebody that's really in danger something else just takes over me and um i start battling the demon or whatever's there and um there was not too long ago, about six months ago, there was a girl in right here in Massachusetts that was, uh, she would come under possession. We were sitting at the dinner table. We were all eating. Everything was fine. And uh, all of a sudden, we're talking. And I was with Keith Johnson at the time. It was his investigation. He asked me to come and join him to help with this case. And uh, he was talking to Jocelyn, asking her questions. All of a sudden, Jocelyn started, you know, blinking. And she was just staring straight forward. Keith said, Jocelyn, are you there? And she responded, you're not speaking to Jocelyn anymore. And uh, so I saw that. I didn't want to get into conversation with the demon that was with within her. I wanted to get that demon out of her. So I had a blessed stone that I brought with me that I actually found on the beach. But it was shaped as a heart, like a sacred heart. It has slashes on it. It had the... Looked like it was a staff going through it, but it was a, a rock that I found on the beach. And that same day, after I found that, Keith called me up, said, "Dan, I need your help with this case." And then he explained to me what was happening. So I told him I just found this rock, and it was, it was like a symbol of the Sacred Heart. There's a reason why you called me. So I took that rock, I went to the church, I had the priest bless it, and then I t- I told him what the situation was, and he told me what to do when I get to the house. If this happened. So she came under. All of a sudden, you know, right away I put the rock on the table. Told, grab the rock. She started getting nervous. And then she, start, she got up and she was pacing around the room. Her father comes down from the bedroom from upstairs. And she goes after him like she wanted to attack him. I grabbed him. I put the rock in his hand. And she flew back away from him. And then they both sat down on the, on the, on the sofa. And then um, as she's sitting next to him, now she's back to Jocelyn. I noticed there was a difference in her. And I said, Jocelyn, am I speaking to you? And she said, yes. And then I told her, where's the demon? She says, behind my father. So that's when I get up and I start casting out the demon in the name of Jesus Christ and the blood of Christ. You know, go back to where you came from. And I started saying the Lord's Prayer, holy water. Jocelyn saw me doing that. Now, you got to understand, Jocelyn was 15 years old but had the mentality of a five-year-old. When she saw me trying to cast this demon out, she came to me and asked me for holy water and to bless her. Now, this is a girl that has disabilities. So I gave her the holy water, blessed her. She told me to pour it in her hands, and then she was blessing herself. And then she started following me around the house, repeating everything I was saying to cast this demon out of the house. The thing I empowered her with was that to make her understand that she's strong and that she could defeat this demon is to make her feel like a superhero. So I made her feel like she was Iron Man, that the cross that I put around her neck, that was her light, that was her protection, that was her power, and that she could defeat this demon with that power. And you you should have seen her going around the house casting this demon out. i would never experienced anything like that. You would think that would have been a scary moment, but it kind of was like, it was just an incredible experience. It was like, you know, a miracle. And from this this day on, I mean, she's fine. I mean, she hasn't come under possession. She still feels like a superhero. And um, I was happy that I was able to give that to her. And I do that with all my clients. I want to give them a piece of me, a part of me for they can understand where this is coming from how you could battle it but there's some people that don't understand you know we could give them directions to follow but then they start going back to their old habits and they start you know doing occult practices or whatnot, whatever have you ever heard of the Maurice case you heard about it they talked about it in the, the Conjuring movies well he was a man that was possessed in uh, Massachusetts in Warren Massachusetts and Ed and Lorraine helped them out they had multiple exorcisms But Maurice was a really troubled man. Um, his father was into bestiality, and Maurice caught him in the act. So, Maurice's punishment was from his father that he had to perform the same acts. So, that messed up Maurice's head. And, um, he started dabbling into satanic worshipping and everything. And that's how he became, you know, possessed. Um... After a couple of exorcisms, he was freed for a while. Then uh, there was a night that Ed was on an invest- not an investigation—at a lecture, and um, that night there was a phone call that was left on their machine, their answering machine. It was Maurice saying, "Ed, it's happening again. I need you to come over." Now Ed was in somewhere in Connecticut doing a lecture. He gets—he uh, goes home, gets a phone call around one o'clock in the morning. It was the Warren Police Department. And uh, Maurice had uh, shot his wife, blew her arm off, and then put the gun to his head and blew his head off. You can't always solve a situation. It depends on the person, you know, if they really need the help. That's what we do, you know? Not like, you know, going to the haunted houses and just trying to capture evidence. I mean, we help people. We love doing it, you know? It gives us that gratification that we're able to help somebody.
0: How many other people like you in your group do you think there are in the United States that do the work you do at the at the same level? Like, are you one of the few that uh, can do this and has the backing and the knowledge and the experience? I think there's a handful of them.
1: Many out there that call themselves demonologists. Um, they're ordained by the church. Um, sometimes I question that, you know, show me your church, you know. Show me where you you have your flock, where people come to your church and worship. They listen to your masses, and I want to say most of them can't provide that proof. Um, you know, but there are some out there that are you know that do have that, and they 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 are ordained. You know, um, but then you have to be careful because this, this whole paranormal thing became so popular. You know, you have when I when I started. just in Connecticut, maybe there was three paranormal groups. That was Ed and Lorraine. I had my, my paranormal group and I think there was another one. But within, you know, 15 years, now you might find 200 paranormal groups in one state. If you're looking for help, just do your research. If you want to get involved in this field, do it for the right reasons. Just protect yourself, know what you're dealing with. We don't have all the answers, but you could be opening up a door To something that's really bad could be evil so all i gotta say is just you know protect yourself
0: how dangerous do you think it is that paranormal investigating is as popular as it is like every high school and college has a ghost hunting club now yeah and like we're part of that problem On, on youtube and like you know people see it and they're like that looks fun and how big of an issue do you think maybe not right now but that this can be that exponentially more people are now going around and using Ouija boards and dowsing rods well, and opening themselves up, and they don't know what they're doing. Do you think they're helping, as a whole, yeah. to make it a little bit um, easier? Well, here's the thing: I'm not knocking anybody for sure, you know, for sure. Cause, because
1: the technology has changed the research. You know how people research, um, how they gather evidence. Um, when I say gather evidence, when Ed and Lorraine were doing it when they started, we're a religious-based paranormal group. We have Catholic values. And that's how we help our people through our values. Um, I think now with so many groups out there, I wish I could pass those values on to everybody for your protection to understand what you're dealing with. Um, I don't knock what you guys are doing. I mean, you guys are bringing it to the forefront. I mean, the TV shows are bringing the paranormal to the forefront. When Ed and Lorraine were doing it, They thought, people thought they were crazy. You never talked, people were at a haunted house. They didn't want anybody to know that they lived in a haunted house because they were afraid that they would get scrutinized by the public. Mm. So now it's more open. But the way way I see things is just that maybe it's too open. And there's some people that are just taking advantage of it Mm. and are doing it for the wrong reasons. Not just putting themselves in danger but putting their friends and family in danger because something might happen to you today 15 years down the road something could happen it will catch up to you if you're challenging the demonic yeah that's where you need to be careful and we just talked about this i mean i mean i made arrangements for you to get a blessing yep down in colorado yep so um needed yeah (laughs) elton uh asked me about that and uh you know, as soon as I got off the phone with them, I actually made the arrangements for him. And then I called them up, says, you're all set. Just go there at nine o'clock in the morning.
3: Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. How do most people get possessed? Is it from doing something like a Ouija board or a seance? Or can people get possessed um, without doing anything at all?
1: No, I mean, without doing anything at all. I mean, when somebody's severely
0: depressed. That's a terrifying statement for the record. They can just get possessed by not doing anything at all. It comes in different phases. Okay.
1: Um, When you become depressed and you don't catch yourself and then you find yourself not wanting to leave the house, staying in bed. Um, I'm sure there's some of you out there that experienced that. And, um, you know, some of you might've gotten help or some of you are still dealing with it, but it starts off that way. It could be dabbling. You'd be an alcoholic. You're dealing with drugs. You know, you're leaving yourself open. The demonic wants to destroy you because we're created in, you know, in God's light. We're created the same image as God. You know, so demonic wants to destroy that. He doesn't like who we are. So when God casted out the angels, the fallen angels, the fallen angels were jealous of us. Lucifer was jealous of us. And God casted them out out of uh, heaven. And their purpose was to destroy us. So We live with it every day. Everything that's happening around the world is all influenced. It's up to you if you can see it. If you can see it happening, you know? I mean, people lie to you. You know, it's like brainwashing you. Make you want to believe that this is the truth, which is not. Because you're just focused what's in front of you, not seeing what's happening all around you. So that's why I say, you know, open your eyes. You could recognize it. So, just don't think a person being, is the, you know, possessed, it could be a whole flock that's possessed without even them knowing it. It's Sorry. pretty wild if
3: you think yeah. about it. Kind of been wanting to ask you this for a little bit, just because, you know, it's not that I'm nervous or anything, because I think we did good, but what is your opinion on how we did investigating at the Warren Museum? Do you think we were, you know, respectful? Do you think we
1: did everything right? Well, you guys were respectful. You guys took my advice. Yeah. And that's why I brought Arnie there to make it feel more real to you. Um, I did warn you if I didn't like what I was seeing that I was going to send you right out. You know, um, we've done it before and I wasn't going to hesitate. It doesn't matter. I don't look at you as being, you know, famous on YouTube or anything. I I see two guys. You know, I want to make sure that you guys are protected. And I want to make sure that you respect what you're doing. So I even said to you, I mean, we waited four years before I even contacted you. This was the right time for you to do it. For some reason, it was the right time. But I think there was a reason why that happened. And um, I could see it in some of the comments from the videos you guys made from the museum. The response that you were getting from your fans, like this is totally different than what you were used to seeing. Yeah. And I think um, they saw a different side of you. And I think uh, you you start earning that respect because, yeah. you know, you're approaching it in a different way. It's something different that they're not used to seeing. Yeah. You know, so I hope we pass something on to you and how oh, to, you know, for sure. Respect what you're doing. Dude, I mean, I said in the name of Jesus Christ.
3: Like, uh, you're saying it all
0: 283 time. times. <laughs> do you, Dan, do you want to know something funny? It's a drinking game now. Is it? People watch the, that video and go, you have to take a shot every time Corey says, in the name of Jesus Christ. See, I, I changed his our, life. He's our, doing
1: something different now. Our
0: watch time is four minutes on that video because everyone gets hammered so quickly. Yeah. Like, no one's getting anywhere near the investigation. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but here's the thing. You go on some of the investigations.
1: These, sometimes these
0: investigations
1: get boring. So you have to have fun. I mean, you have to have some kind of humor. But when you're dealing with a client, you have to take that serious, you know? But if you're going to, like, a haunted location, you can't be serious all the time. It's not fun. You have to joke around. You have to, you know, have some kind of fun to, you know, f- for the night to go by, you know? Yeah. Um, so that, you know, I, I kind of respect from you guys, you know? But you have to take it serious when you need to take it serious. So when you get to that level where you're helping clients, that's the information that I'm passing on to you. You know, you don't have to do it today. You don't have to do it tomorrow. But, you know, that might, that might be something down the road in your future.
0: I have a, a question because, like, so in relevance to the comments that you saw in the video, we see comments and we hear from people every every tour. We get stories that are submitted. And I'd be curious to know your, your perspective on this. this is something Corey has seen. I'm not even exaggerating when I say throughout just this tour alone. We've had at least probably 400, maybe 500 people tell us that they've had a very similar experience. Everyone describes either, like, a Shadow Man experience or this large black mass uh, of an entity with red eyes. And they all tend to describe it the same way, doing the same thing. And they're all kind of in the same age range as well. They're all kind of in this between, like, 8 to 14 age range, describing the exact same thing. Now, do you think, as someone who works with the real items that have also been turned into movies... Do you think a part of that is that they're seeing that because they're exposed to it or is this actually something that we're aware of as an entity or presence or has a title
1: social media um kids are on they start learning how to use tablets at the age of three four years old they get on youtube they're born into this um you know technology that now is they're open to everything when i say influence and Brainwashing, and, uh, you know, they get focused on this one thing. You know, it depends on their upbringing as well. I mean, they could be affected with what they're watching. If they don't have the support at home to tell them what's right or wrong, they might be opening themselves up to something evil because they don't have a foundation. Things are different now than it was 30, 40 years ago. The demonic uses now everything that it possibly can to get to you. Um, That's when I say, just don't be, you know, just tunnel vision. Look outside the box, look around you because it tries to play games with you. It tries to trick you. I, you know, I see it and there's some things that I wish I could say, but it might be like, you know, might not come out the right way that you might think, you know what, you're just, just one sided. I let you make the decision. All I say is just open your eyes because what's happening in this world today is all influenced. So, you know, be careful what you're doing out there. That's all. And um, open your eyes. Because there's a lot of deception going on.
0: So from a from a, a demonology standpoint or any description, is there anything from that standpoint that actually matches up with the shadow man like this black mass figure because that that is without any yeah, doubt um, the most here's here's the thing
1: figure. when you go out on an investigation and there's a folklore of that location yeah right it might not be a true story but people are going in there trying to conjure up that story they're creating this monster they're uh, allowing their own demons to make this monster in that location bigger mm. um so they're creating a topa. but Ed, Ed would call that a topa is the creation of the mind. And you're given a folklore and identity. So the demonic sees that and starts gravitating. Like if you believe that you're going to walk into a location, something's going to happen to you. You're believing it that something's going to happen to you. It's going to happen. Now, if somebody goes in there, you know, saying, well, nothing it's not going to happen to me. I have faith, you know then the demonic will keep his distance. But if it, you go in there saying, I know this, this is going to happen to me. I'm going to get scratched. Well, you're going to get scratched because you're asking for it. So when you're, you might be dealing with your own personal issues. You go to a haunted um, location, you might be dealing, dealing with a demonic influence, you know, something about you that you're why you're depressed. That might be a demonic influence and you don't understand where it's coming from. So you bring that attachment with you to that haunted location. So you're more affected than somebody else in that location. So when we bring, like, team members on an investigation with them, with us, we want to make sure that they're protected, that they're 100%, that they will be able to handle an an, att- an attack on them, you know? Um, you know, I, I like I said, I don't like putting anybody down on how they do their investigations. I just care about how I do my investigations and how I could go in there and, and affect a, a family and change their lives. Do you think that...
3: Like kids or, you know, because I've had a shadow man experience when I was younger. Do you think that we accidentally manifested a shadow man? No.
1: Um, as you're younger, when you're born, people say, you know, there's some religions, a Catholic religion says you're born with your your parents' sin. I, that's man's saying that. You're born. Remember, you're created by God. You're innocent when you're born. There is no sin. You're pure when you get up to like the age of five, six, you're still pure because you don't know right from wrong, really. So you shine. What Lorraine would say is your aura will shine bright because there's no imperfections in you. Good spirits could see that light around you. Also the demonic can see that light around you because you shine so bright. There's uh, like I was saying with kids that have disabilities, like that 15 year old girl, but she had a mindset of a five year old girl. She was still pure she her light shines so bright it was attracting both good and bad i wanted to help her i wanted her to attract the good because she had that power that we we don't have she still had the ability of being pure a bright light that she could fight this you know evil spirit as we get older we do bad things in life we sin we create kinks in our aura and it those kinks if you're not 100% that's how the demonic comes in. is through those kinks, through your bad actions. If you don't catch yourself, you know, doing these bad actions, or you've never confessed your sins, or you know, stop doing the things that you shouldn't be doing, you're leaving yourself open.
0: Before we get into the uh, the stories, because there's actually quite a few that were submitted, and we want to read them and have you still join us and, and get to hear from these people and understand those stories. I, I two final questions. One would be. Do you believe that there is a finite set amount of demonic entities on Earth? Or do you think there is a perpetual source of them? Like, do you feel as though the amount of negativity and demonic entities that there are on this planet are here? Or do you think this is something that can constantly be destroyed and created? Uh, I think there's more than a living. Do um, you think there's more demonic entities on this planet than there than are like, they people are living?
1: the living on this planet.
0: There's more than you think, you know, um, Again, terrifying and casually said, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, um, you know, this world is old. Our universe is old. Um, there's knowledge out there that we don't, we can't grasp because it's so big and it's, I mean, we can't understand it. I mean, we will never have all our answers in this you know, lifetime, but you know, when you are on the other side, you will have your answers. Um. So yeah, to that question, um, there's more of them walking among us right now. Do you think they live similar lives to us? Like they're just like grocery shopping and
0: Walmarts? and
1: It's it's, like I said, everything that's happening in this world today is around all of us. Oh, they're trying to influence something to try to destroy you. Uh, You just have to be a good person. You have, like I said, you have to open your eyes and see your surroundings and see what's really happening to us today. And if you don't, you know things will never change things will never get better cause we're afraid to speak up we're afraid you know to challenge it to to, to, to say I'm better than you you know and uh, society's changed and it, that scares me because the living scares me more than the dead this knowledge that was passed on to me about the devil the demons you know it's true And we live it every day, but some people don't see it that way. And people that are affected don't really understand what's going on with their lives and why they're being affected. And so we try to educate them to make them a better person and start there. It's up to them if uh, they want to be freed of, you know, oppression, depression, demonic possession.
0: And then last question. You said that every single time Annabelle has moved, you get into a car accident. Or something bad happens to your car. Usually, yeah. Hypothetically, if the next time you needed to move it, I were the one to do it. But You're I rode a skateboard home. <laughs> Is there a loophole? Did I find a loophole in Annabelle's evil plan? Um, if I'm just kicking away, just ollieing you away. So tell, tell you the truth, Um, I want to, I mean, I was just talking about Sorry, it. I, um, I,
1: you know, wait, I don't want to move
0: like, her no more. You don't? I really don't, but Hi. I think I know. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I thought about it. I would be one of. There's only two people ever, right? It's only been
1: you and. It's hard to find that person that, you know. I'm right here. That could do it. And, uh, Damn, look at me. You know, but Dog. you haven't invited me to fucking, you know, England or anything like Bro, that. Bro, I already.
0: I invited you to film with us in November. What you talking
1: about, man? It's not enough. <laughs> oh.
0: All nah, right. But fine. So take here, him book on a him on a, a flight to our UK tour. <laughs>
1: Um, got go no, on a Disney, I don't want to put anybody in danger. So um, in order for us to keep doing what we're doing and how, you know, the museum's closed and I still want to, you know, we want to bring these items to the public, Tony and myself, Chris, um, you know, come to our events, come to our Paracons and uh, view these items. We'll talk to you about these items um we're not just showing them off what we're doing is we're like i say we're still educating the public what ed used to do is like bring 15 people to the house talk to them about these cases and the demonic and you know annabelle the shadow doll um sandy hook idol uh educate the public that evil does exist so that's our purpose to keep that going and that's the only way we could do it is by having our events so that's it got it i'll think about it you wait wait you think about what no maybe I don't know what, you'd let him <laughs> you'd let him move Annabelle no no. Nah. come on I, I can't can come you on. shake
3: on that you want to let him move Annabelle you want to go to Iceland I, I
1: wouldn't let no, I wouldn't let anybody move that doll right now right, right now Come now. on next week I, I have to like like I said come I'm on, getting old me, I got probably like 20 years you have 20 years left in me um I have to pa- we have to pass that knowledge on to somebody else um so it's hard to find good people with the right intentions to um
0: Again, I'm right. Dan, this, this is insulting work, you know? at this point. I'm
1: literally right here, <laughs> <laughs> as I'm ignoring him. <laughs> nah, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the future brings, but I just know that uh, we just got to continue what we're doing and doing the best we could.
0: You're doing a great job. You are, Seriously, thanks. And we also need to bring up one other thing that I just remembered. We have so we've told some people about this. Oh, but no one else knows about this. Okay, so everyone that saw our Warren Museum series. Yeah, but we only brought a set amount of devices because it was kind of like last minute trying to get there. But We brought a REM pod. It's a wood REM pod. It's in a jewelry box. We've had it for years and years and years. And, and you well, left it at the museum. Left it at the museum. But we didn't find out until July. Which means it was in the museum for two and a half months sitting on top of the shadow doll. Yeah. And I had to text Dan and go hey, is there any chance I left this there? And you guys must have just thought it was just part of the museum. It kind of looks like it. So I, I didn't. Well, first of all, we knew that it didn't belong there, but I thought it was pretty cool.
1: So, I didn't know that you left it there. <laughs> okay. okay. So, we were planning on taking it home. What? Yeah. What? Put, put batteries in, because the batteries were dead. And then Elton calls me and said it was his, and I said, fuck.
0: <laughs> what? You were gonna steal from me? Yeah, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, at least let me hold her hand when you move her next time. Let's call <laughs> we'll call it even. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I but think, I I don't
1: care. I just let it out.
0: Okay, but so so fun fact, you sh- Okay, when let me ask you this cuz we actually don't know. This is our first time even asking you about this. When you shipped it, he shipped it to the Stanley Hotel on the trip that we were going on. It was the only place that had like an yep. actual address. You packaged it incredibly well, I must say. It was like four layers of bubble wrap, bubble wrap, in an amazing box. Did you only package it, or did you do anything else when you shipped it because it left the Warren Museum? UPS store. That's it. No holy water, nothing. Not the send it okay. right back to you the way it was. Okay. So what's wild about that is, as we were unpackaging it, we had some devices set up, and as every layer we cut through, opening the box, devices would go off. Cut through one layer of bubble wrap another REM pod would go off, cut through another layer of Bumble Wrap, then K2s and REM pods were going off. And by the time we fully exposed it, every device we had in the room went off. There wasn't even a battery like in it. It was just in the slot, but not plugged in. There was no battery in it because we know that the battery was dead. I think
1: we took the battery out of there.
0: Yeah, it it wasn't placed like within the slot. It was just like you left the dead battery in there. Right. So like it wasn't... It shouldn't have gone off. Yeah, but, like, everything in the room went off as we unpackaged that. So I, we're just, like, wondering, is it possible that the energy or negativity of the Warren Museum— It, it probably, probably. It's possible that
1: that happened because there's so much negative energy in that museum. And it was there, for, like you said, in weeks. Um, it's possible that, you know, it absorbed some of that negative, negative energy. For so the shadow doll's jewelry box. Yeah. <laughs>
3: That's it, what the REM bot is. Is it possible that anything attached to it? No, I, it,
1: it, it dissipates after a while. Things like that will dissipate after a while. Okay. But it won't, you know, be a permanent attachment.
0: That makes sense because you know, as good. we unboxed it, it was wildly active. And ever since then, it's it's kind of worked normally. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that was just something that we thought was really interesting. Yeah. By leaving that tool, it's like our that's our baby. If okay. you didn't call me, it wouldn't be yours anymore. No, it, it would have been <laughs> yours, and I would have known that you are a thief. <laughs> um, so we have three stories, but I was informed that one person is not here tonight, which I am kind of saddened about because the story was one of the wildest uh, things we've ever heard about. So instead, we'll read these two. Okay. And so we'll read these stories, uh, and then we will bring them up on stage to talk to them about it, get to learn more about it. The story has a giant note on it that says, while Elton reads it, Corey, act this one out. So it's because his voice is a little shot, so he can't read the longer stories. So I think it's only so fair... I'm going to act it out? Yeah, I mean, you can't speak. very. You know what I mean? you got to save huh. your voice. So I think it's only fair that while I read this, uh-huh. you have to bring this story to life.
2: Okay. I want
0: people to understand. I want them to feel it. Okay. I want this to be a performance that they will never forget.
3: <gasps>
0: okay. Do you want to see Corey perform this story... Can we hear you? Come on, give him the energy. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, I got this. I got All right. this. Dan, if at any point you want to jump in and help oh, him Dan, out. If, like, if you want to you act this out You want to be a supporting role. Me. I don't know, it depends. Okay, are you okay. ready? Okay. All right, this story will begin as following. I'll give you time to act it out. I'm turning this way so I can read the paper. A sleepover at my friend Kim's house. Wait, should I? Wait. What? Wait. Huh? Should I should I be laying down? Yes. Yeah. Go hard. Okay. I'm just gonna read this at whatever speed I choose, and you have to just keep up. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Ready. Right. Okay. A sleepover at my friend Kim's house. <laughs> okay. A sleepover at my friend Kim's house when I was 13. Kim's parents went out, and it was just three of us girls home alone. <laughs> we had been in the kitchen making French fries and getting drinks. When we finished cooking, we cleaned up. They're only 13, dude. They're not drunk. Uh. They're probably getting, like, soda. (laughs) (laughs) When we finished cooking, we cleaned up, closed the sliding door to the desk, and shut the lights off. Click. (laughs) Click. (laughs) We took our fries and went to the family room to watch TV. Kim got up to go back to the kitchen... And then we, and then yelled, I thought we just shut the lights off and closed the sliding door, she said. The rest of us yelled, and yes, we did. And she said, Well, the lights on and the door is open. We started giggling. Not really knowing what was going on, she came back to the family room. A little more time had passed. We went back to the kitchen to bring. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> oh I got me! Oh, that one fucking got me! Oh, it got me! We went back to the kitchen to bring our dirty dishes, and the light was on and the sliding door open again. We got nervous, thinking someone was in the house other than us three girls. We quickly shut the sliding door, shut off the light, and walked very quickly out like a speed walk (laughs) as we passed the bathroom of the kitchen we heard a noise turned the light on and the toilet paper was unraveling from the roll onto the floor like someone was pulling it or somebody was taking a dump this is why you're here dan this is why
1: you're here (laughs) got to recognize oh,
0: it. Oh, were you just trying to make him act that out? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Please start ad-libbing. He has to act everything to out. He act that out. He was yo-yoing on one foot. <laughs> then the intruder hit the whip. Oh, no. The police arrived. They hit the Nene. They hit a thought squat. And then they hit a sorority squat. Then they hit a three-count <laughs> cheer pose. And it... And ate a taco. <laughs> and then it looked like the, it was rolling on the floor and someone was pulling it. We all screamed and ran through the family room upstairs to my friend's bedroom. We closed the door, locked it, and hit on the side of the bed. As we sat down, you heard loud footsteps, like running up the stairs and down the hall. That was really good. (laughs) Then the door at the end of the hall, which was her parents' room, slammed shut. We started crying (laughs) and freaking out. We refused to leave her room We continued crying and freaking out. There was more, there was more crying and more freaking out, more crying and more freaking out. Then we let our freak out while we were crying. (laughs) Some time had passed. We didn't hear anything, but refused to come out of the room. Then her parents came home. They started crying. They were freaking out. <laughs> Who didn't flush the toilet? <laughs> we were telling them everything that happened, which included, here we go. We got to tell them everything that happened, Corey. <laughs> There was a sleepover. We were just 13. We went outside. It was just the three of gross girls. We were making french fries and getting drinks. When we finished cooking, then we cleaned up. We closed the sliding door and the desk and the light shut off. We took out our french fries and went to the family room to watch TV. Kim got up to go back to the kitchen and then yelled, I thought we shut the light off and closed the door. The rest of us yelled and yes we did. She yelled, well the lights are on and the door is fucking open. We started giggling, not really knowing what was going on so she came back to the family room. A little bit more time had passed. We went back to the kitchen to bring our dirty dishes and then the light was on and the sliding door was open again. We got nervous thinking someone was in the house other than us three girls. We quickly shut the sliding door, shut off the light, and walked very quickly out like a speed walk. As we passed the bathroom, I can't see the goddamn light. Corey, move, bitch, move. As we passed the bathroom of the kitchen door, we heard a noise, turned the light on and the toilet paper was unraveling from the roll onto the floor (laughs) like someone was pulling it. We all screamed and ran through the family room upstairs to my friend's bedroom. We closed the door, locked it, and hid on the side of the as we sat down, you heard loud footsteps like running up and down the stairs and down the hall. Then the door at the end of the hall, which was our parents' room, slammed shut. We started crying and freaking out, 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 crying and freaking out. And freaking out, and freaking out okay? And then some time had passed. We didn't hear anything, but refused to come out of the room. Her parents came home where we told them everything. Here we go. We gotta tell them everything. <laughs> 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 Her parents went down the hall <laughs> and opened their bedroom door and looked around, but nothing was in there nor did anything look disturbed. Ooh-ah-ah-ah. I asked them <laughs> I asked them to bring me home and refused to stay over. I have oh my god, the wind. I have always had funny feelings. <laughs> <laughs> and since something is up Or going to happen And always seemed to wake up At 3am I had learned from my mother, aunts and uncles As well as my grandmother That they all do the same They would all wake up like clockwork At 3am My grandmother said that's when a sibling Had passed away Odd End of story mm. <laughs> Fireworks behind us are there on. really? Oh, this that's story. awesome. <laughs> yes. I have absolutely no idea anything that he just did, so I get to watch that back and enjoy. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> okay. That story was from Mary Jane. Mary Jane, uh are you you are here, I believe. Yes. Oh, would you please join us on stage?
3: Give it up, y'all. Mary Jane, up,
0: please y'all. join us on stage, would you? Huh?
3: She says short people getting on stools is hard.
1: <laughs> did you see me having a
0: problem? No. <laughs> or me? Wait, we're all we're all under six foot here. <laughs> how did you enjoy the performance? That was absolutely the best. Did was you re- relive it? Did you feel like you yeah, were thirteen again? Did I it? Was
4: laughing, so
0: <laughs> <laughs> but that we was how it went. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, but we have to ask the drinks you were making. Your parents aren't no, here.
4: It definitely wasn't. It was just soda. Chocolate okay.
0: okay. <laughs> Saw some pop. It was just
1: pop. Yep,
4: just pop.
0: Did you hear the toilet flush?
4: No. <laughs> I'm curious. No, this
1: is why he's really the best, best investigator in the a, world. He's a a asking the hardest. But a paper toy was unrolling like somebody yeah, was taking. Like
4: somebody. It was like a bang. So as we were passing by, we just turned the light on and it was like unrolling. So we were like, "What? You know, what the hell's going on?" Freaked out. Ran. <laughs> Because where we were was the back part of the house. So we ran towards the front and ran upstairs. We were just, you know, you're petrified. You're wondering what's going on. Uh, We were getting a little freaked out. At first we thought one of the other girls was always playing a joke, opening the door and turning on the light. But we weren't. Somebody else wasn't doing it. So when we ran up there, I just remember being petrified, crying. (laughs) And en- wanting to call home. And freaking
0: out. Mm-hmm. And yes. freaking out.
4: Call home and say, just come Gabby. I want to go home. <laughs> and, um, but the noise literally sounded like somebody was running and thumping down the hall.
1: And how old and that, were you? 13? We were
4: like 13. Middle school.
1: I mean, Lorraine used to say, like, uh, girls start getting their menstrual periods. Mm-hmm. That they're putting off the, so much energy that, you know the spirit realm is attracted to all that energy and it's probably why you experienced it you were able to hear it
4: it was it was funny because you might have thought he was like whatever it was chasing us because we had just come in closed the door we locked it ran and the thing was like running behind us down the hall and the door closed we just stayed there we refused to come out we were petrified
3: and i'm assuming you never did anything to
1: conjure that no
4: up. We were literally just watching TV and making French fries. Now, did you ever and experience,
1: you know, experience <laughs> anything else after that?
4: I've always had funny feelings, like, like I was saying. And like I can sit there, walk into a room, and feel, okay, don't feel right in here. Mm-hmm. And I'll just rather step out and not stay there.
1: And you probably have a gift.
4: I just don't know yeah, how that to you could, do anything about but it. But you always
1: have that um when you go to somewhere that you feel like that it's not right or you feel like a heaviness sometimes. Yes. yes. You know. Well, that's a gift. You're you're you're, you're literally you're, you're sensitive to w- it.
4: Walking up to the ship here today, I was with my daughter and her friend. We're walking up and two of us we kept feeling the funny feeling. I kept feeling like everything was moving, it was moving like it was gonna fall over. Mm. It was really weird. Mm. I don't know. I just felt odd.
0: Okay, I gotta ask. It's that's a factual thing that that when young ladies start their their periods and in that world they start attracting demons. No, not that they're attracting (laughs) demons. That they're they're putting
1: off this energy, their aura. You know, Uh Ray used to say their aura. It becomes bright. It becomes that, you know, the Virgin Mary. And when it, you start going back to biblical times and everything like that. I'm just deciding if I need to make a sure I a, a woman. I mean, that's a sign of a woman that gave birth to Christ, you know? So when she bleeds, you know, it, it just, there's so much energy in the air, you know? And there's, there's a,
0: really normally, yeah, yeah that time, there's, there's a lot of energy. good attracted yeah. to, to, to you.
1: And there's bad attracted to you, is what I'm saying. You know, it's not everything is, you know, is evil, but um, you also attract good energy towards you as well.
4: Well, I didn't stay over ever again after that. Ever? No, I refused to stay in that Are house. Are you
0: still friends that. with her? Like oh,
4: yes, absolutely to this day.
0: Wow. <laughs> is she offended that you just refused? No, you just abandoned her in a haunted house? They actually
4: moved out of that house, not that. I wanna say it was within six months or so I moved to another house in the same After floor.
0: after that event happened after that
4: I believe more things happened. Oh. I wasn't there. So Sometimes I was you like, learn I to I was... live
0: with it. I mean
4: sometimes yeah.
1: uh, you know, you become numb to it. Like I live in a house that has a lot of
0: activity. I I wonder it. why Dan. I <laughs> it. I won't investigate my own house. <laughs> your car. Stop it. Your house. You're my wife. Your but, shirts uh, probably contaminated. I don't know. Three
1: hundred Indians ma- ma- uh, massacred in the creek in the back of my house. Hmm. So where the uh, Indian, the American Indian War ended, was in my backyard.
4: Oh wow!
0: Did you know that upon purchasing it, or did you find uh, out actually
1: later? Actually, my wife's third or fourth generation in that house.
0: Oh, got it. So wow.
1: yeah. There were people that they rented a house to, and uh, there was one guy um, that lived in the house. He was suicidal. Um, they used to mess around with him all the time. Like he used to come home sometimes, and the windows would start slamming. Um, before her father passed away, weird things were happening in the house. The power line was pulled out of the house. Uh, basement door would open up by itself. It's like the house was telling us like there's something wrong. And we believe it was trying to tell us that there was somebody in the family that was sick and he had passed away.
0: Wow. Okay, and the, at the tail end of that story you wrote, that you wake up at 3 a.m.
4: Literally Every, like clockwork between 2.30, 3 a.m., usually just before three. Well, we were all getting together. My grandmother was really, really ill and we were just talking family stories. And I'm like, oh, I wake up at like 3 a.m. all the time. My mother's like, me too. My two uncles were saying the same thing and my grandmother had spoken she's like well that's when it was would have been my uncle but their sibling alan he was 14 and he had passed away and she goes well that's when alan died she goes yes i see him all the time my grandmother would always say that she would see him he would come talk to her at night and stuff she used to get visited by her brothers. she would say as she got older she would say how her brothers would come and say well we're waiting for you because they you know, for her to come Aww. to the other side, yeah. mm-hmm. stuff like that. And within a year or so after that,
1: she did. What well, yeah, well, we do is um, uh, when we go on our investigations and we ask for protection, We do, we just don't ask for protection from the Lord. We ask protection from our ancestors as well mm. for that protection to be with us because they're the ones that when you pass on, they're the first ones that you're actually going to meet it's going to be your ancestors waiting for you.
4: Mm. Yep, because she said they asked her a couple times they visited her and she kept saying that she wasn't ready yet. But it's just weird to feel and then I realized other family members, you know, wake up in the middle of the night, have a funny feeling, something's wrong, not knowing what that is, Mm -hmm. get a phone call and a family member had a heart attack. Those kind of funny feelings. Yep. Have going to work, feel, okay, uneasy, something's going to happen today. Mm -hmm. Something happened.
0: Have you ever just like kind of, told him, like, hey, can I sleep, please? <laughs> I do. I
4: say that to my daughter all the time. I'm like, I don't sleep.
0: Have you ever tried just, like, changing time zones just to, like, trick him? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, hop on a flight to L.A. real quick and get a good night's no. sleep for once?
4: If I get four hours in, I'm good. What?
0: Four? <laughs> yeah. Four when? Okay, yep. are, you getting, are you sleeping from after he wakes you up, like, 3 a.m. to 7 a.m.?
4: No, I'll get really tired, usually fall asleep about 10, 11, and then I'm up by three.
0: What? I'm the same way.
4: Yep. What? Yep. four hours of sleep a night, and you're this jolly. Both of you, yep. get up. My day starts at three AM. Get going.
0: <laughs> Y'all would be great I'm members at work of by our like team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, <it's fun. laughs> that sleep schedule. Oh my god, four hours of sleep. I would have crawled on this stage. I mean, I times like I guess I gotta do the show. Day.
4: Going all day, you're working. Get out of work. Go out to dinner having drinks. You get home, it's 1 o'clock, and I'm like, okay, I've almost been up 22 hours. <laughs>
1: what? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, that's the same thing with me. That's paranormal. I <laughs> <up>. <laughs> there were times where I'd just keep getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and like, and I know things were trying to mess with me, because it will happen a lot of times when I go on investigations. I started taking sleeping pills so I could sleep through the night and not be woken up at
0: 3 o'clock in the morning. Wow. If
1: I get I've woken up before 1 having- p.m.,
0: on, I'm pissed off. Ugh. I go to bed at one p.m. <laughs> no, you try
4: to have a cocktail, something just to relax and no. So it was French fries. Like, fries and drinks. Drinks. Uh,
0: Doesn't happen. Soda.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Jack and just Coke, not the Jack
0: part. Yeah, I just got to say, with this lighting, it just looks like we have an audience of shadow people. <laughs> just all—all all I see are just like black masses and like like blue hair and red hair and hats. <laughs> That's all I, I see. A lot of like just warped tour ghosts in the audience right now. <laughs> Did,
3: uh, did her parents believe you guys? Ooh. I think,
4: well, at first they were kind of like laughing at us. Like, yeah. You know, thinking like act we're joking. Act that out, act that out. <laughs> <laughs> and we were clearly upset. So we, being young girls, walking behind them as they're going down the hall to open the door. And we're like peeking around because thinking somebody's in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there was nothing. And they're like, there's nothing there. And I'm like, well, I want to go home. I was like on the phone. I was trying to get my father to come get me. I wanted out.
3: <laughs> and then six months later, they moved. And out then they
4: house. moved. And I go, did other stuff happen? And she said, yes. I don't know. Hmm. I, would I love, didn't want to know. I would <laughs>
3: love if you could find out what else happened after that night.
0: How, how, how about this? Um, would you mind kind of coming up with a paranormal story that you think might have happened at that house after that Corey can act out for you? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever crazy paranormal any kind of crazy paranormal um, thing you can think see. of, he has to bring to life tonight. Would you think you could do that? Like, what do you think happened there? You know, what like did the ghost do, like, do the splits? You know what I mean? <laughs> and go into like a back bend? Did he like curl his hair? Uh-huh. The ghost? Okay, well, Corey. Ready? Corey, your voice is hurt. You can't talk anymore, bud. You Remember, this is for you. We're helping you out right now. <laughs>
4: Yes. <laughs> he just gave make me it, the dirtiest one. It, <laughs> it good. Okay. The ghost. Oh, wow, you're like ready, dude. You're ready? like in the Backstreet
0: Boys right now.
4: Okay. The go- ghost.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: What the was ghost the ghost?
4: Was in the bathroom taking a dump.
1: Got to make the face too. <laughs>
0: That's the whole story?
1: It is
2: the whole story. You have a wild. What?
0: How does it end? Where's the scary part?
4: It
2: is the scary part.
0: part. It was awful. Oh, but you just got so lucky. Anyone else here would have been like, okay, here's
4: what's going to happen.
0: He did a heel stretch and then he performed
3: the Cheetah Girls. Listen to your
0: voice. Listen to your voice.
3: Dude, I can't
0: talk. (laughs) well thank you so much for sharing your story thank you for letting us act that out please give a round of applause for Mary Jane let me make sure you get off the stage safely alright so we now have two more stories that have been chosen out and I was notified that the third story that I really wanted us to read who was not here has actually arrived so we have a really wild story uh, that we'll be reading uh, third so that was the first one that was Mary Jane's Uh, am I reading this one out too because your voice is wrecked <laughs> should I try? Yeah, dude. Oh no! Oh, I think we gotta act. It. You want me to do it? Oh god! You ha- I think it's only fair for the interest of everyone else coming out to tour that you save your voice and we bring this story back to life. That I'm very clearly going to be reading off the paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you guys- <laughs> this story's so good, everyone. Should, should I? Should I? Uh... Do you want him to act it out again? Yeah, I think. Oh <laughs> god. Okay, I gotta say though, you cannot act out the third one. Okay, you will be canceled. Okay uh, The third one is it's a, actually like a very gnarly uh, Story I guess to phrase it that way. Okay. Oh my god. This is gonna be fun <laughs> Why do you always start it like you're in one direction and like the lights and curtains are about to raise
2: dude
0: <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. All right, here we go. The man outside my window is the name of the story. My mom told me that when I was younger, for about two to three days, I would cry at night and freak out. (laughs) She told me that when she laid me down to sleep, about an hour later, I would be screaming and crying because there was a man outside my window. Her and her boyfriend at the time, at the time, would search for two nights in a row. The whole front yard and even up and down the street. They could never find the person outside my window. On the third night, my mom had enough and finally moved me to her room, which had no windows. What? Her mom Her mom lived in a room with no windows? That's a basement. <laughs> Or a, cl- or a closet. I'm, I think we're starting to get to the bottom of this story. <laughs> uh, okay. I hope your mom's here because we have some questions. <laughs> and so does Child Services. After, <laughs> after finally getting me settled down again, an hour later, I woke up crying and freaking out. But this time, the same man was inside the closet. My mom ended up turning on the closet light And saying the typical parent thing. There's nothing in here. She got me settled down once again. And in the morning. Had told her stepfather. About what has been going on. He pulled out his family photo album. And had me sit with him. As he flipped through. We came to a family photo. Of him. And all of his siblings. And mother. I had pointed to the only brother of his that had passed away at that time saying that's him that's the man my nana closed the book stood up and said janicio knock it off you're scaring the baby <laughs> and i never saw him again that's actually a pretty cool story uh wow Brianna, would you please join us up here? Oh wow, you're right oh. there. Look at that. Okay, first off, are you okay? Your your mom's just had a room without windows.
5: So her room was like in the center of the house, so she really had no windows. Behind her room was like the master, and each side of her was like a living room and a bedroom and the stairs. Mm. So there was no windows.
0: Y'all had like a rich, rich house, huh?
5: No, not really. We are from Holbrook. From where? Holbrook.
0: Is that okay? Is that is that Massachusetts? Yeah. Okay.
5: It's like a really poor town.
0: Got it. Okay. <laughs> I am. I'm very intrigued by this story. <laughs> so the same person you saw outside the window, even though after searching and switching rooms, then appeared to you in the closet of the new room that you were in. Yes. Any idea as to, to why you do you do you believe that your family was right? And it was the family member that had passed away.
5: Um, I do believe it because it's crazy because, the only person who really knew who what he looked like, what he acted like was my grandfather. I've never seen the man before. And being able to point it out, I'm just like, that's something that Yeah, um,
1: passed away before you were born.
5: Yeah, that's something like a 11 year old, 12 year old kid shouldn't be able to do without mm-hmm. being able to see who this person is. So I believe them 100 percent are They've had more experiences I have. We used to have like a music box in the house that would go off.
1: Do you know how he passed away?
5: I have no idea how he's passed away.
1: It might have been, it sounds like at an early age he passed away, Um, right?
5: Probably like late 50s, early 60s.
3: Yeah, We've been hearing a lot of stories, like a lot of stories of family members coming back and then seeing, you know, like either like the grandkids or Mm -hmm. their brother or sister's kids visiting them. And, you know, the kids were born after they have already passed away. I guess this is more of a question for you. Do you think that's just them coming um, to say hi?
1: I think, you know, his brother coming back and saying that everything's okay. Um, his brother was probably looking for answers, you know, questioning why they, they took your, you know, your uncle. That's what your father's asking. Why did they take mm-hmm. my brother? Um, and I think he was always, he wanted something to tell your brother. Like he never was able to tell him why he was alive. And I think he carried that, you know, with him, man, through you, you know, you saw his brother. And it's almost like a sign to him that things are okay, that, you know, he's still around. He's still watching us and uh, not to, uh, you know, worry about, you know, certain things.
5: Yeah, I, I still find it crazy to this day that I was able to see that.
3: Have other family members seen him, you said? Or just other things have happened. Um,
5: other things have happened. Like um, I spent another story where I had seen my aunt who had passed away in the stairwell. Mm. Yeah, and the day that she passed, I was sleeping over my friend's house. No idea that she passed away, and just perfectly described what she was wearing the day she passed.
1: Wow. Yeah. Now, has this only happened with your family members, or has you you noticed like you know certain things happened in your life that like you've seen apparitions and.
5: Um, I think it's just been family members besides for the
0: shadow man that I've seen okay. younger. Yeah. I mean, there might be a really close connection with that family through her. So I have a question. Okay. Uh, you have to haunt one of your family members. You pass away tomorrow. You have to haunt one of them. Who are you haunting and why? <laughs> Tread carefully. Um, <laughs> this is so funny.
5: Maybe <laughs> my grandmother...
0: Because whoa, whoa. <laughs> you're trying to get her to join you real soon, huh?
5: <laughs> no, because um, she's, so my dad had passed and my uncle has passed and she's been seeing them, feeling them around her. I feel like that would be like another way to connect with that side uh, of the family.
0: Okay. Oh, so you just spend more time with grandma. Yes. Oh. See, I would haunt my dad. <laughs> uh, because he gets really pissed off he times he, like, he loves bowling, but his anger is hilarious. <laughs> and I would just sit at the bowling lane, and every time he'd let go of the ball, he'd spin it a little bit and just gutter ball, gutter ball, gutter ball. <laughs> he would lose his mind. <laughs> it would be so much fun just to be so petty with him. You wouldn't be a petty ghost? I'd be a petty. Would you be a petty ghost? You lived in a house that was right in the cemetery. Yeah, I did. So what was your punishment? <laughs> go sit out by the you know, stones in the back. Dude, I I I honestly I used to do parkour on tombstones. <laughs> y- y'all y'all think I'm joking. I'm not. It was so normal to me that I was just like, I don't know, parkour. Like I am not I'm not even kidding. The the, the day we stopped was the day that one of them uh, literally this is the real thing. One of them apparently wasn't like uh, properly fixed. Yep. So someone tried to do like a front, front handspring over it but knocked it over. And then we had to like go let them know, be like, "Hey, sorry." And then they were like, "Okay, you can't come in here." anymore but yeah i lived literally within the cemetery so i don't know it was just normal to me that's why none of this stuff freaks me out i'm like whatever (laughs) i literally used to watch people get buried like every other day i saw a funeral out my outside my bedroom window every other day it's just like so normal to me okay that's why
1: he is the way he is
0: okay but you divert (laughs) who would you haunt i want to know who you would haunt. i will haunt. yeah you have to haunt one of your family members one of my family members or a friend you can go with a friend i will say it will be my oldest son You would haunt your old
1: son. I will (laughs) haunt the shit out of my old son. (laughs) Everything that he put me through,
0: I will haunt the shit out of him. Dude, just ruin every single date he goes on. Living hell, the way he put me through it. Oh my god, every date he goes on, you just make him have gas. I'll be tripping him every day. (laughs) You could Marty it. You could just Marty it. Yeah, whoa, tripping him. Just every (laughs) smacking him right there. (laughs) Who would you haunt? One family member? Uh, probably my mom. Why? Oh, you're gonna say something nice, aren't you?
3: Well, yeah, just because, like, my mom's (laughs) older. Not
0: how the game is supposed to work. (laughs) She's always, you know, said stuff
3: just about, like, you know, when she's older and when, you know, she passes. Anytime I see a butterfly, like, that's her saying hi and, like, everything's okay. And so I just think it would be sweet, you know, if I would haunt her, you know, (laughs) maybe I could you know, turn into a butterfly and just like <laughs> land oh on my her God. like every other day. In the
0: name of Jesus Christ, would you quit? <laughs> <laughs> and I want to torture my son. <laughs> what the fuck did I turn into?
3: <laughs> I would still scare her too, though. But like in a funny way, you know, it's like <laughs> she's in the kitchen and there's just like a floating pizza roll. <laughs> like she's like, oh, it's Corey. Yeah, that's
0: what I would do. All right, well, thank you so much for sharing your story. We appreciate you being up here. Can we give a round of applause, please? Thank you. I'll make sure you get off the stage properly. I know it's kind of dark here. All right, I'm just going to hold it like this on you so I can see. Wait, can you hold the pages for me? Jesus. Hold the pages for me. Thank you. We're professionals. Uh, There's a lot of time and production that have gone into this show. Okay. This is like a, a two-part watch watch how quickly the smile is gonna fade as we read through the story. As you're rubbing his nipple right there. Yeah. Um, so I think I was somewhere around <laughs> Where does it start? I was somewhere around here on the story. You sure it starts there? Um, but what was that <laughs> one? Wait, is. can you hold it a little bit?
3: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, you're gonna make me stand up again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when I was nine years old. I started experiencing paranormal activity. The house I had lived in had a few previous deaths. An older man and a little boy had died. My mother was best friends with the psychic medium. She told my mother that the little boy and I used to play together. Although I don't quite remember that, I do remember the older man appearing to me. I was laying in bed and I woke up to a figure standing in my doorway. I still remember what he was wearing. He had a flannel button-down shirt and dark pants on. Clear as day, a bit transparent, but clear. And although it was dark in my room, he seemed to stand out clear. I remember him looking at me, looking towards my mother's room and then walking out. I was frozen. My next experience was shortly after my grandmother died, one year later to be exact. I experienced one of the most haunted nights of my life. I felt uneasy the entire night and could not fall asleep. Or so I thought. Anytime I would just slightly doze off, something would happen. I believe I was in REM sleep and I would hear a loud noise that would suddenly wake me up. Again, feeling uneasy and exhausted. It was like every time I would try and fall asleep, something would happen. The crazy part is I felt my entire bed levitate. I know that sounds utterly insane and almost embarrassing to be saying this out loud uh, parentheses I'm google voice typing hope nobody is listening and honestly as I sit here and retell the story it's bringing back memories to the point where I'm getting goosebumps I felt so scared that I was frozen in my bed the entire night and shit just kept happening there was one point I felt my toes get grabbed like pinched really hard it caused me to sleep with a pillow over my feet for years. My sister had a bedroom downstairs and I never told anybody about my scary night. Somehow, something got brought up and my sister had said that she had a very haunting night a year after my grandfather's death. I almost dropped on the floor. I ended up telling my sister that I also had a crazy experience that night as well, but we had no idea for years that we both experienced some crazy stuff that night. As I got older, I even dealt with some more weird stuff, mostly in my early 20s. I've only recently learned or began to believe it could have been sleep paralysis. I would hear very loud noises, such as an industrial-sized fan directly in my ear, like so loud as it can be, and I wouldn't be able to wake up. I would be begging to wake up, then it grew into hearing loud noises like I was standing in the middle of a cafeteria, having several people around me while I'm sleeping which then grew to getting groped and touched in my sleep. It became sexual for years. I would literally wake up and feel like I had been completely violated. I even experienced nights that I actually felt like I was being dragged through the house. Everything felt so real, like it was really happening. Super weird, because it used to happen quite frequently. It's been a while since I've experienced anything, and I would be more than happy to go into more detail. Ashley, you can you can join us on stage, and again, I will help you get up here. Uh, it's a weird kind of a thing, but give her a round of applause, everyone! Oh yeah, it, it 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 was written, Grandma. Okay, so it was both you. Okay, so both of you had an experience one year after your grandfather's passing. After my grandfather. Correct. Okay. So you had it one year late. Okay, got yes. it. That makes more sense. Okay. You're
2: right. It does look like a bunch of shadow people. <laughs> it truly does.
0: You said you'd like to go into more detail. Maybe we let you take the reins.
2: Sure. Um so for a while like from my 20s I would have to say yeah, I had some after my children were born too. So close to 20 years probably. Um I would just I felt like I'd be dragged through the house. Like literally somebody was grabbing me by my feet and I could feel the bumps and like just being pulled down. There were times I felt like I was being pulled down through the ground. I know this sounds so crazy and made up. I know, I know, it's crazy. I like, it's embarrassing. I never told anyone and now I'm telling a whole audience and I didn't really expect my story to be picked, but um, you guys are very um, experienced in this. So I figured, hey, maybe they've heard something like this I I didn't know um later on I did end up speaking to a psychic medium and she said it probably has something to do with my past life she was like you might have been murdered and that's what she was getting um, and she's a really good psychic medium but she doesn't like really read into past lives but she was just getting the feeling that I went through a really bad situation in my past life did so. you
0: ever have marks? anything that correlated to what you were feeling? Did you ever wake up with bruises from being dragged or anything like that?
2: No, not not that I, I mean, no, no. And that's the weird thing. Like in, when it turned sexual, it, it was like, it was really sexual. Like I remember falling asleep in jeans and a belt. Okay. And there's like, no way, like nothing's gonna touch me. And it just, it felt so real. I wake up and I would just still be wearing everything I was wearing. And I just remember being pulled at, grabbed. Like, I felt like I was, like, on, like, you know, like, those tables, like, that you're on on more. Well, not like we've been on one. But, you know, they're, like, flat We're, and metal.
0: We've been on those autopsy yeah. tables. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's you like know. like, where we I, sleep I mean, every night. I, yeah, it's,
2: like, normal. <laughs> um, Like, almost like I was laying on that and I was just being viewed. And it, I could feel the people around me. I could hear times it sounded like I was in a cafeteria and it was just noise um I do think some of it was very paranormal but I do think some of it was sleep paralysis it may be a mixture of both maybe a mixture of my past life uh you know but I become a lot more spiritual um I come from a family of psychics okay and my pepe the one I call him pepe but I didn't know how to spell it so grandfather um my Pepe, when after he passed away, like I learned a lot about his gift. I mean, I was young. I was nine years old. So um, people used to fly in all over the world to get readings from him. Um, and I've started opening up to my psychic side. And I give readings all the time. I'm very accurate. So I feel like almost since I've opened up my spiritual side, it's quieted down quite a bit. So...
3: Did you ever? And I think I'm pronouncing this right. Is it astral projecting? Yeah. Yep. Did you ever practice that back then?
2: I never did. But you know what's funny is me and my sister used to talk about it. Like she, she, me and her would talk about that. Like she goes, "I I can fly at night. Like I I looked in the neighbor's windows. I know what their house looks like. Um, you know. And I've never practiced it. Um, I do a lot of meditating and. You know, I can get my body tingling and stuff like that. But, I mean, that would be pretty cool if I fly on my body. That's
1: a weird story. Because when you talk about astral projecting, there was a lady in England. And um, she was going through the same ordeal with you. And for some reason, and I don't know, she said she called my name out. And I appeared in front of her. Really? Now, she said she didn't know me. I mean I got a call after she researched my name and everything she found out that I worked with the Warrens but she did not know me when she called my name out and it was just where. not only that but it made a connection to another family 300 miles away from her that she would also see a child playing in a courtyard and that child also was seeing this woman so I had to connect both those families together it was kind of weird. How when you said the yeah. astral projection, um, so
2: they say your spirits can well, when you're a spirit, you can be in two places at once, you know. Um, I've heard of some weird stuff like that, so yeah. okay. So, this, so, this,
0: sorry, go ahead, good. So, real
3: quick, um, I used to practice it a little bit in high school, I only did it a couple times and I stopped doing it because, uh, I, I believe it was the final time that I did it was the first time I. I don't know if it was the first time I saw The Shadow Man, but I just I remember seeing The Shadow Man doing it. I never did it again. But during that era of practicing, I went through the bed levitating as well. So like all growing up, like I was a dancer. And so I got rid of my entire like bedroom set, like my bed, my dressers and all that. I didn't have any of that. My parents hated it. I would just blow up a mattress every night and sleep on the mattress. And then in the morning, take it away and do head spins. <laughs> and uh, I just remember one night, I woke up and it was three something in the morning, but when I was falling asleep, I was trying to practice. And I remember my blow up mattress was levitating. And I remember waking up, seeing the time be like three or whatever. And I remember seeing my legs like going up in the air and I'm freaking out and I jump off. I go running to my parents' room and I'm like, my mattress was levitating. And then they come running in there with me and the mattress was popped. And they're like, it just popped. Like it was just getting like a bubble. So it was lifting you up like they no one ever believed me on that.
2: That's why I've never told anybody my story, you know, and I just figured this would be the best place because obviously we're all believers. Well, there's probably some skeptics out there, but um, I know you you all are believers Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, The nine year old experience when I was nine and the bed levitating I actually felt it. I felt myself just rise, but Mm -hmm. I also felt myself slam down. Mm. And that's when I woke up. And... I, I remember, I could feel it. Like it was real. It was yeah. real. Yeah. I don't care what anyone says. Like it was real. I felt every bit of it. Yeah. And like I said, into my 20s, like other stuff had just happened. Like the dragging felt real. Everything felt real. Yeah. Um, you know, because you can be in a dream and, you know, like, yeah, you can might be able to taste an Oreo or, you know, mm-hmm. but this was, this was like real. Real life. Yes. Yeah.
0: No, I believe you. I 100% believe you. Did you feel as though, obviously you said, it's embarrassing to talk about, but you felt as though you didn't have anyone to talk to about this, right? Because obviously it kept going on. Do you feel as though, had you been able to have someone to talk to, or at least voiced it, maybe someone would have found you who could have talked to you about it, that they could have helped you and this could have ended years and years and years earlier for you?
2: Again, yeah, it was embarrassing. Like, I I didn't want to tell people I felt my bed lift up in the air and people were touching me in my sleep and... I, to me, that sounds weird, but I experienced it. So yeah, it's weird, but it happened. And, um, yeah, like I never even talked to a counselor about it. Cause you know, like, like he said, they didn't believe him, you know? Um, and it's like, we always try to, you know, debunk it or like find that excuse of why it happened. And I can't think of an excuse why that happened. I really can't. Um, so
1: you never saw, you never saw anybody about it you never talked to us no I just never
2: was comfortable
1: is this
0: legitimately the first time you've ever talked about it
2: so I opened up to my fiance about it and I actually told him I said hey I submitted a ghost story to you know I typed it up I typed it up last night and we were talking I live in Maine so I talked about it um, on the way down here and um, he goes you did and I said yeah and he goes yeah I remember you telling me he kind of like (laughs) <laughs> like, Can he, I
1: ask you a question? Are there like any, and you don't have to answer it. It's not, fine. Are there any family secrets that you're embarrassed to talk about that happened to you in your past? No. Sure.
2: Positive. Positive. I mean, I've opened up a lot about my past. Like I was a lonely child. Um, I I was never abused or hurt. I think I was more so... Um, I was alone. I was alone. My mom really didn't know how to be a mother. Um, I'm sorry. She's in the hospital right now, She's not doing well. So, um, my sister also passed away. So, she died at 30. She she abused me by hitting me and stuff. Um, but I was never abused by like an older older no, adult. No. Yeah, and, and not, I'm
1: not, that's not where, yeah. I'm not where I'm getting at. But there was some kind of drama that there, you know. You like when you're young, you need to be coddled. The child needs to be coddled when they're young. When they're they don't have that, they didn't experience that when they were younger. Things tend to affect you later on in life because yeah. you didn't have that. Like you, right now, I mean, as you're an adult, sometimes there's trust issues. There's trying because things that you learned as a child that you didn't have, you don't trust people sometimes and it's still affecting you
2: it is it is yeah because I've I'm such a loyal good person I love people um you know I'm on social media just like you guys I don't have quite the large following like you guys do I have about 20,000 but I have like a lot of people that reach out to me and Talk to me. My daughter just lost a finger, you guys. Like, she jumped off a platoon boat and her whole pinky got ripped off, okay? She's nine years old. Like, I keep getting, like, shit luck. I don't know what's wrong. I feel like someone has a hex on me or something. Um, so, yeah, like, a lot of things are still affecting me, but a lot of things are still happening, too, mm-hmm. you know? And um, my following sent my daughter presents and cards. So, I have, like, I find my following my family. Like, I I exactly like they're awesome your supporters actually love you you know um it's just and that's where I'm finding my love like you're right like I yeah exactly and my dad walked out of my life when I was two and I was a daddy's girl um and then you know he just passed away two years ago and I had just seen him before he passed away and it felt great um my mom I don't think she's gonna make it out of the hospital um, I, I take care of her full time uh, and I've taken care of her full time for three years and sometimes I got angry about it. I I didn't mind doing it, but at the same time, like, well, I'd be, she's yelling while she's hungry. Like a flashback memories, like, what'd she ever make me for dinner? I remember nights, like trying to fetch my own meals and every day I, I still take care of my mother. I wipe her ass if I have to. And I was so alone. Like I didn't get that. My sister beat the crap out of me every single day. I remember her grabbing my hair and smashing it up against the stairs. Like, and I can still like remember these certain little blackouts—a flash of it happening—and so that would make a lot of sense. What you just—that's why why
1: I wanted you to start talking.
2: Thank you. That makes so much sense because I never really connected it with my past, but the dragging
1: it's the anger that you hold with inside of you that you haven't let go which still affects you because it's attracting other things to you yeah so when you have that negative that hate in you you attract attract that when you have that positive that always that good outlook Mm -hmm. good things start happening to you right Mm -hmm. but there's always something that drags you back that's inside of you that's gonna bring you down that's the part you need to let go and start working on more mm-hmm. of the positive because you're attracting it.
2: Well, I'm really like, if, if like you even just like saw like a little picture of my everyday life, I'm a very bubbly, happy person. Um, I was class clown. Like, you know, I I don't know. I, I love being funny. I love making people laugh. I love talking to people. Um, I don't ever have stage fright, obviously. I just like you know, um, <laughs> I just... I try every day You're
1: trying to gain everybody's affection What you didn't have as a child
2: I guess so But I'm real I'm not like No you are real You're 100% real Yeah Yeah. I'm like I'm real about it I'm real about it What I'm
1: trying to get you to understand Was what As soon as I heard started reading your, He was reading your story I was feeling what was happening That's why when I came And I asked you You're not telling You're not saying Guys remember when I say When I go on an investigation I question people You're not telling me everything That's why I knew she wasn't until you you opened up. Yeah. Which is great because that's a part of you that you were afraid to open up about that. But that's a part of you that sees that a lot of things that are happening in my life
0: is because of that.
2: I never even thought of that. Thank you so much.
0: I think it's a, a good time to kind of parlay over to when we started the show, we kind of explained why we do this. This is exactly why we do this, because obviously we have someone here. Who wants to encourage, encourage, support, have support. And I'm sure there are others among us here that are in similar or maybe in the future or have been in the past situations like this. And you want people to talk to. This is why we're here. And it's good to everyone here. This. Everyone here can come together. You're obviously all bonded in some it's way, whether you realize it or future, not, yeah. but it brought you to this event. So I truly hope that when this ends, You guys can all take a moment to maybe find people you'd also like to share stories with, or if you're looking for other people to go on paranormal investigations with, or other people to go explore abandoned places, or if you're just looking to make new friends, this should be, and I request that it is, a very open and friendly environment where everyone should feel comfortable to talk to each other and say hello, get each other's names, and build the community around you so you don't have to hold this in for decades and decades and you can meet other people like Dan or Corey and I or everyone else that has come on stage and be more open about it. That is why we wanted to do this as a live show. So I'm so grateful and thank thank you you. for sharing your story. Thank you for showing up because I was notified that you weren't here and I was like, (gasps) no. Yeah. But thank you for being uh, open and vulnerable and brutally honest with everything. So please. I almost
2: didn't make it, so I'm glad I did.
0: I'm glad you're here. Please a round of applause. Thank you so much. Thank
2: you. Thank you so much, I really appreciate you.
0: Um, so we're a little over time on tonight. Obviously, we had a bunch of stories and some amazing reenactments. Um, so we have a Q&A thing. I think we're just going to pull like two or three and answer these questions quickly. It says, what are each of your scariest experiences with spirits? <laughs> I always talk about it, but it's the shadow
3: man. when I When I was in high school, just playing the Ouija board in the house I grew up in and running into him in my hallway. I don't think anything has ever been scarier than that to me, just because I'm more comfortable and open now.
0: It makes me realize that maybe when the show's over, but Dan, maybe you should quiz Corey the way you just quizzed and see why this exists. (laughs) Is there something you're not telling us, my friend? No. That's also what was said a moment ago, Corey. (laughs) Okay, I do have something to say. Okay. I'm hungry.
1: There you go.
0: (laughs) Uh, Have you had a scary experience?
1: Yeah, one experience. I mean, it started when I was younger. I mean, getting thrown out of bed. You know, not knowing where it was coming from. That's how my mom would wake Um, me up, she was saying, you feel your feet tugged in the middle of the night, you know. Um, You go to your parents for help, and there was no help there, you know. So, yeah, I experienced it at an early age. I mean, it wasn't something that was a ghost that was in the house. It was something evil, what my aunt was dabbling in. So, that was the most horrific experience I had.
0: Uh, And I think for me, uh, scariest experience, there is actually an item... On that shelf, I will not tell you which one it is, but there is an item on that shelf that is the first item ever to that actually made me jump so badly I leapt over an entire couch in fear. But that is my scariest experience. When you see it, I think you'll understand how cool is the Annabelle doll in real life. Oh, that's a good one. Well, Dan's answer cool would be all. yeah. Dan's <laughs> answer would be that that bitch owes me forty grand. He owes me a lot of money. <laughs>
1: a lot of money. But nah, uh, she's not cool, and I don't wouldn't like anybody. I mean, you got idolize the movie doll, whatever. But the real doll, you know, you don't want to idolize that. You don't want to give it that, you know, recognition. Um, we bring out the doll to tell because there's a story attached to that doll, and what that doll has done. But not to, um, you know, she's not a rock star, and I never seen it, seen her that way. I never give her that attention. That doll, we took her to one other event one time and uh, she was right in the room with me. I mean, I was sleeping right here and the case was right there, you know, but I never gave that doll attention so it could affect me in that way. Um, so.
0: Yeah. I, I, for the for the record, I think like seeing the doll in person, it was exactly what you'd expect. I think the difference in that experience in that encounter was you and your team was that like that is what made the visit to Annabelle what it was. Well, I think you have seen what she's cap not really what she's capable
1: of that, but there is the energy there where she was letting you know. You were getting multiple answers yeah. or indication that okay was coming from the shadow doll was coming from Annabelle. Could it become from the dinosaur. I told you that is it's all around you. Yeah. You know, you don't know where it's coming from. Um you, you When I first went to that museum, it was a heaviness what I felt in my chest. You know, now I'm used to it, you know. But when you went in there, you probably felt something before you went in there. You know. Excited. Well, yeah, excited. I know that. And you wanted (laughs) to touch her. You wanted to move her like I did. But, uh, no, um, like I said, you don't want to idolize these objects that are considered haunted or anything like that. Learn what they're capable of and... um, but never wish it upon yourself for something to happen to you for you could experience it because you don't really want to experience it.
3: You know, it was was honestly just a real honor to be there. You know, just that whole building. And it was scary, but, you know, kind of like you said, I don't want to give it too
1: much attention
3: or really even talk about it,
1: but it it was cool. But I wanted you guys to have that experience. I remember when you guys told me, well, how many people could we have in the... Museum and investigate. Originally, I just wanted one person and the camera guy. That was it. Because usually, you know, there's too many people in a small location like that, things will tend to, you know, push it aside or, you know, not want to f- focus on that individual. So that's why I wanted you guys to go in there as a small group for you to have that experience, you know.
0: Well, hey, sincerely, thank you for giving us that opportunity then. Yeah. Uh, thank you for being here tonight.
1: Other than us investigating our own museum, they were the only team that investigated that museum.
0: So, I ever, mean, Ever. Can we get, like, badges? Like, matching badges or something? <laughs> like, I survived the Warren Museum. And, like, we're the only ones with the T-shirt. Yeah, you got your box back, like, all right? Yeah. Oh, oh, that's it. Okay. All right. All right. Well, seriously, thank you so much. Um, thank all of you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Well, that's it for today's episode, and I will see you next Sunday. Be sure to leave a like, subscribe, and give us a review whenever you have a chance. And of course, share this podcast with a fellow paranormal lover, because our goal here is to build this community. And don't forget, you can watch all of our live episodes on our YouTube channel as well for the full experience. Find us on TikTok or Instagram at Haunted Homies Podcast, and I will see you next time.